Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Tuesday edition of the show. Welcome in. Scoops with Danny Mac. Danny Mac show with BK and Tanner Hendrickson is with us. And, uh, well, we made it in. That's the that's the bright spot How right now today. How long did it take you to get here today? I don't Compared li- to normal. Yeah, okay. So I don't live too far away. I would say it's an extra 10 minutes. So my morning commute is typically between 15 and 20 minutes. Not yeah. too bad. Today it took me closer to about 45. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that at all. I was like, wait. It takes me 15 minutes to get from 270 in Olive, where you get off of yeah. the exit, to where we are, which is maybe half a mile away. Maybe. It it took me 15 minutes to get down the street because you couldn't turn left. The The light wouldn't change. Nobody wants to hear this, I understand. But I do. It, you're all living the same life that I am right now, and it was uh, very frustrating as I'm sitting on the road, basically as a as sitting duck, waiting, just waiting for the light to turn. Were you sliding at all? I was sliding a bit. I Especially did last yesterday. night. Yeah, last night on my way home on the side streets, that was pretty rough. Yeah. Main 270, not too bad, no. but the, the side streets could have been a little better. Tanner, are you okay, buddy? You made it in all right? I'm okay. They haven't uh they haven't done my parent or my grandparents' subdivision at all. So whatever the total was of snow we have, yeah, I plowed through that thing this morning. <laughs> so what did we wind up getting? Six inches? Yeah, I saw about six. It was okay. kind of in this region. It, it was different. If you're a little further south into the east, I think you could have potentially got up to nine. Yeah. But where we're at here in the metro area, about six. And I, I got some good news, guys. There's more coming? You got it. <laughs> yes. We got more tomorrow. And it's only one to three, though. I can live with that. Yep. And the temperatures were getting above the single digits. That That is going to feel like a tropical storm came through. I'm going to check my weather right now and see what the temperature is. And here in St. Louis, we are a balmy three degrees. Man, this afternoon, I saw it's going to get into the teens. Yeah. <laughs> wait I'm going you, on a hey. run. I'm going on a run. I can't wait. Wait it's till be you get into the 40s. Seriously, it's going to feel like Next it's week 60. Next we're supposed to get into the 50s. Yeah. It's going to be like San Diego here in St. Louis. We have 44 days, guys, from opening day. Oh, boy. 44. 44. You getting excited, Dan? Because I'm starting to get pretty excited about yeah, this. Yeah, you know, this time of year, normally I'm down in spring training and, and taking in the sunshine, which I appreciate. Going golfing at beautiful courses uh, in the South Florida area. Here or there, you know, you do a little golf, maybe head to the beach, you know, go to your favorite restaurants. But... Um, I, I miss not being out on the back. I love going to, to watch the young kids play in the backfields, and you're, you're not going to have that opportunity this year. Now, they do have young players like Gorman and Libertor and uh, Thompson and some others that I really want to see, um, which makes me excited. Where I'm, I'm curious how they do this, BK. So now I was just talking about this in the crossover. You're down from 30 games, 31 games, whatever it was, to 24 some of these games could be really short games, like five, seven inning games, because your bottom line, you're Mike Schilt and you're Mike Maddox. You're sitting there saying, I'm, I'm worried about the guys I'm going north with. No disrespect to everybody else, um, but I'm, I got to build these guys up as much as I can. 
And so those are the games that you would see Libertor and Thompson give you three or four innings. I'm not sure we're going to see that. I, I really do wonder how much we're going to see of these guys or if they're just going to be doing their work on the backfields and kind of the eye test with Mike Maddox. That's something that you have to wonder about for across the board. Triple A starting about a month later. Something like right? that. Something yeah. like that. So they're, they're going to have plenty of time to be able to build up as well. I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, Dan. I think you could see specific guys. Like maybe you see Liberator because he is kind of at the cusp, right? Yeah. He's, he's getting closer to actually breaking through in the big leagues. Thompson, maybe same thing. Guy like Delvin Perez, who I would like to see what he has available. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of him. No. They need to get Paul DeYoung those opportunities. Edmundo Sosa, we need to find out, is he prepared for this opportunity that's out there for him? Uh, John Nikowski, let's find out what he looks like against big league pitching again, because he might at some point be up at the big league club. Those are the guys that you'll probably see. I think it'll be less of those lower level guys that would typically get a little taste of an opportunity. So a lot of innings that they got to figure out to put in and figure, all right, here's our starting five. Here's our bullpen going forward. What about at the top of the lineup? Now you had Mike Schilt on yesterday on your show with Alex Ferrario. I talked to Mike, by the way, for about a a good half hour. So great information from Mike on on both your show and just talking with Mike. And he also, uh, one of the aspects that we talked about, both of us, is that uh, who could be that leadoff guy for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2021? Tommy Edmonds done a nice job towards the top of our lineup. The uh, benefit for him is, you know, you you got a guy that can switch it and has shown the ability to be effective from both sides of the plate. Usually a little stronger from the right side, but historically, but has shown some things from the left side that we feel comfortable about. So he's done it at the top of the lineup. He runs well. He runs the bases well. Um, So there's, you know, some advocate for that at the top. Um, You mentioned Dylan, uh, similar deal, switch hitter, you know, has strength from both sides of the plate, can run, good base runner. So, you know, he's an opportunity to hit towards the top. You know, Bader's killed lefties the last couple of years and does a nice job on the base as well. So, you know, he's a candidate hit up there potentially against lefties. Mix and match potentially. However, Tommy Edmond, to me, could take care of all that with a good spring and a good start to the season, switch hitter, versatility, on base. I want to see that. I'd also like to see the Cardinals get more aggressive like they did when Mike first took over in, in terms of what they did running the bases. I think they got away from that last year. Part of that is just the product of getting on base. They didn't get on base enough. Uh, and then you have the personnel that you have to do it with. But I do like Tommy Edmond at least to start at the top. I think he's got to be the favorite to start uh, atop the order. I do find it interesting that they've got a few candidates. And one of the candidates that was not mentioned there, Dan, that we've talked about a bit is Matt Carpenter. We talked with uh, Mike Schultz went on for about a minute and a half there with his answer of who the candidates could be for the leadoff hitter. If you missed any of that conversation, 101ESPN.com is where you find it. Edmund Carlson Bader, those were the three that he specifically mentioned. He did not mention Matt Carpenter. And I typically, this time of year, Dan, find it as interesting who they do not mention in certain conversations as who they do specifically mention. And maybe I'm reading a little bit much into that, but I think right now those would probably be the the top three candidates to be that guy. Mentioned to Mike Bader specifically against lefties and with his speed. You know, also it's just a mental thing. Like you're showing him, hey, here's a little vote of support for you in putting you at the top of the lineup. It wouldn't surprise me if they did that. Tommy Edmond, a 283 hitter. uh, Bader's 234. Dylan Carlson hit 200 last year, but wound up batting cleanup by the end of the season. I put zero stock into his numbers from a year ago. What about Goldie Arenado? Instead of 3-4, what about 2-3 in the lineup, which is something I mentioned? You know, I respect Goldie and and Nolan to anchor more the middle of the lineup. Um, 
You know, traditionally that's more three four. That's where they've used to been have, have hit. Um, does that mean that's where they'll hit? Can they hit two and three? Yeah, they absolutely can. We'll take a look at all that. How about that in your first inning potentially, where you're the opposition and you're saying you're that starter and you got to go through Arenado Goldschmidt? I kind of like that. Remember when the Cubs did this? It was a couple of years ago, I believe. They didn't really have a traditional leadoff guy. They put Rizzo up there at so one point. They decided, let's just put our best hitters at the top of the order. We're going to hit Anthony Rizzo at the top, and then you're going to have to deal with our best guys, two, three, four, right behind him. I wouldn't be stunned if the Cardinals decide to do that. Now, I think it would take Tommy Edmond not working out at the top of the order to get there, but it at least seems like a possibility because if you go Carlson, Arenado, Goldie, however you want to put those three together at the top of your yeah that's tough to get through it does shrink your lineup a little bit does. you don't have that same length going towards the back end and now Paul DeYoung's probably fit back into your cleanup role I like it better if Edmund works out at the top but this is at least an option for them boy Carlson Arenado Goldie one two three in that first inning trying to set a tone to the game kind of like that what about the cardinal outfield and to me this is the number one question mark going in I, i've got carlson in right i've got bader probably in center but hey nipping right there is is lane thomas maybe a justin williams getting a chance to, to show what he can do from the left side you got tyler o'neill he's got to show what he can do too but hey the pressure is on a little bit for these young outfielders you know i do feel like the, the players you know have received rightful opportunities but now we Clearly, you're going to get more of an opportunity for him. Harrison's going on parts of his fifth season in the big leagues with us and has been a pretty much an everyday player for us. Fowler O'Neill got, you know, he got one less plate appearance than Yachty got last year. Um, so he won a gold glove, qualified for a gold glove based on his plate appearances. So, you know, he's getting some opportunities. We'll continue to get him. You know, Dylan, uh, once we had the, the summer camp situation take place and and of course, we had the outbreak that allowed him an opportunity to play a lot. You know, those guys have gotten our opportunities. I'm excited about them getting more opportunities. They're good players. I'm excited to see what they can do. Okay, I found that quote to be really interesting because he says at the beginning, I think our outfielders last year got rightful opportunities. He specifically talked about Tyler O'Neill. Hey, he had one less at bat than Yadier Molina a year ago. Is there a little subtle subtlety here of Mike Schilt saying, hey, I know we've heard all of this about how these young guys aren't getting opportunities. Time to show up. Let's push back a little bit. They've had some opportunities. Yeah. Now we need to see them come through with the production. It's more about the production than it is the lack of opportunity. I would include in that Bader, Thomas, O'Neill, Williams, and Austin Dean, even though it was very, very limited time and he's got options. But yes. Uh, to me, Dylan Carlson plays every day. You don't 100%. trade Dexter Fowler if you're not going to play Dylan Carlson every day. You're going to go with the good, the bad, the ups and the downs. And there might be some ups and downs along the way. He's a young kid. The other guy's been around a while now. This is it. I mean, you gotta, you're got you going to get a chance to play. So here you go. I don't think anybody says that Yadier Molina had too few opportunities last year. He no. didn't have enough opportunities I don't think so. to get at bats. And when you hear it phrased that way, that Tyler O'Neill won fewer at bat than Yadier Molina a year ago, it kind of clicks where it's like, oh, it really wasn't about the opportunity. It was about the production. And eventually he's got to come through on this. And I I hope that he does. If he if he's able to realize his potential, Dan, it's a game changer for this Cardinals lineup because that is a potential 25-30 home run player that could fit towards the back end of your order. 
and that's the kind of thing the Cardinals have been missing in recent years. Well, the Cardinals have been the lowest scoring playoff team in each of the past two seasons. And to put it in perspective, three or fewer runs in 92 of the last 220 games. Mm. In those games, 20 and 72. So there you go. Time to produce. And if you don't, they're going to go find somebody else. It's that simple. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. Danny Mac show on a Tuesday, and we'll visit with the Cardinal Hall of Famer Ray Lankford coming up next. This is the Danny Mac show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Well, one of my favorites has been kind enough to join us. He's probably somewhere where the sun is shining brightly and it's nice and warm, and that's Cardinals Hall of Famer Ray Langford. Ray, Dan McLaughlin, Brandon Kiley here. Great to hear your voice, and hopefully you're safe and warm. How are things going? Oh, it's going good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. You and, bet. Um, and yes, I am somewhere warm. Uh, you got to rub it in, man. It's snowing just here. A bit, just a little bit. Ray, we haven't gotten out of the single digits in, I think, a week and a half here in St. Louis. We don't need this. <laughs> hey, I feel bad for you guys. Yeah, I can tell. Really heartfelt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Ray, I, before we get into the baseball talk, um, when I say Cardinal Hall of Famer, how important is that to you that, that you are now officially, I mean, it should have been before, but you are part of the family, man. And, and you had such great years. Unfortunately, there were some down teams that you were part of, but you were the reason to go to the ballpark. Um, what does that mean to you to be, to be a part of the Cardinals Hall of Fame? And when I introduce you, I say, hey, Cardinals Hall of Famer, Ray Langford. Oh, man, it's still sinking in a little bit. But, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you work your hard life, your whole life just to play in the major leagues and, and being recognized for the hard work that I put in and um, the numbers I put up and uh, just being recognized by by everybody, all the people that love me, um, is, is, is great. I, I mean, you couldn't ask me anything better, especially earlier in my in, – uh, what I was talking about before was, you know, I believe Cardinal Red, and that's forever, you know? Absolutely. Ray, when you look back at your career, I'm curious because you saw kind of the transition from the early 90s yeah. Cardinals to what it became under this DeWitt ownership. What was the biggest change that you noticed, whether it be, I mean, just the crowds that you saw, the um, clubhouse environment? What was the biggest change that you noticed in your time here in St. Louis? Well, I know it was under Anheuser Bush. It, it was a, it was a night day different because once we got new ownership, they changed everything. They went out and spent they went out and spent the money that it took to win ball games. Um, I think um, my first couple of years when I was under Joe Torrey, you know, we were struggling. We had a lot of veterans, but they were pretty much in a career, a couple of young guys, and we were just trying to figure out how to win. Um, so we was never going out getting any free agent guys that was going to be free agent or any big name guys until they sold the team. And once that happened, everything just started to turn around. How big was Ozzy Smith for Ray Langford in your career in terms of just a, you know, you're the young guy and here's the, the older guy and the future Hall of Famer coming through. Uh, what was that like for you? I'd say for me, he was just, you know, he was one of those guys that just upfront and honest about everything. You know, as long as you went out and played hard and gave it everything you had and played fundamental baseball, people, you know, the fans will love you, the ownership will love you. And that's what it was all about. He, he has so much knowledge to give. And I think one of the things also is people don't give a lot of credit to is Willie McGee. Cause you know, when I was coming in, I was coming in, you know, filling some big shoes of Willie McGee. You know, I, I grew up watching this guy um, out of California. And the next thing you know, I'm playing center field and taking over from center field where he used to play. But the thing about it, he welcomed me with open arms and just said, 
young blood is yours. It's yours now. Just go out and play hard. Is there a better guy than Willie McGee, by the way? No, I don't think there is. He's, he's the <laughs> he is the greatest. Um, yes. I got to ask you, you, you bet he is. I got to ask you too about the Darren Dalton play at home plate. Is there a time when you walk through St. Louis, you come back, you do a signing or you're at the hall of fame or you're at the ballpark that somebody doesn't say, Hey, tell me about the Darren Dalton collision. Do you you get that all the time? All the time. I I think one of the things as as a player, you always want to leave your stamp on the, you know, on baseball. And I guess that's one of the stamps I left. Um, is with Darren Dalton, but you know, it was a clean shot. It was one of those situations. It was, it was a hot summer day. And I actually ran through the sign at third base, but once I did that, I couldn't stop. So um, the good thing about it, it worked out for us, not not too much for, for Darren, but um, we ended up getting the win. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you you left your stamp on baseball and you left your stamp on his chest, I think. <laughs> so uh, that was that was a pretty good collision. Um, do you follow the game, Ray, closely now? Are you following the Cardinals much? And, and what's your involvement right now with Major League Baseball? Um, none right now. I follow it a little bit, try to keep up what's going on. I know the Cardinals have, have made a couple moves. Um, I know going into last year, lo- losing um, Azuna, so that was that was a big bat that they lost. So um, I think the team did good last year based on the offense that they had. You know, they, they you know they, they scrapped, they found ways to to win ball games. And um, but this year, I'm, I'm looking for big things out of. They went out and got a third baseman uh, that I think that can help the ball club a lot, offense and de- defensively. Talking to Cardinals Hall of Famer Ray Lankford here on 101 ESPN. And, Ray, that's what I wanted to ask you about. When they go out and get a guy like Nolan Arenado, I mean, you, you lived this. You you got the big bat that was inserted in the lineup with Big Mac in the late 90s. What does oh, yeah. that do for uh, maybe it's a young player like Dylan Carlson or Paul DeYoung, guys that were kind of in that uh, maybe a step higher than what they needed to be in the order. What does it do when you get that big bat in the middle of the order for you to make things a little easier? Well, when you get that big bat, it helps balance out the offense because what, what happens is you have guys that you got to put in position that might not really be ready for it, but you don't have any option. But but going out and getting uh, going out and getting the third baseman, I think he, he reminds us of Scott Rowling. When Scott Rowling, we went out and got Scott Rowling, he just balanced out the lineup so well with his with his offense and his defense. You, you saw what he was doing when he came over with us, and I think you're going to get the same thing out of this guy. You you came up through the, the Cardinal system, and we hear about the Cardinal way, and you saw George Kissel up close. You saw some of the other guys, and you mentioned Willie and Ozzie that, that helped you, and obviously Joe Torre, great manager, and got his due with the New York Yankees. Can you describe what that was like? The, the And I... I think sometimes it's it's looked at negatively outside of St. Louis, the Cardinal way. But what what if you had to say, okay, guys, this is the Cardinal way? What what is it? Well, the Cardinal way is to play fun, fundamental defense. You know, uh, make the plays that that should be made, and, and and the plays that that shouldn't, you make them look you make them look spectacular. But you try to make the fundamental plays keep um, the errors to a minimum. I think that's the Cardinal way, even on the base when you're running the bases or moving runners over when you're at the plate, it's just doing all the little small things. That's what the Cardinal way is all about. And when you do things like ball games, because of course, when you score a lot of runs, you expect it to win, but it's those, it's those low run ball games that um, your defense can help out a lot. Ray, I'm curious as a guy who played about 20 years ago. Now, when you yeah. watch the game today, how much has it changed from the game that you played? And do you enjoy watching this version of the game as much as you did back in the day? I, I, I enjoy it. I, I love watching it. Um, of course, you know, as, as time moves on, 
the game's going to change. You know, you got you got a lot more guys hitting home runs than you did before, but you also got a lot more guys striking out. But then on the other side of that, you got a lot of pitches that's thrown in the mid-90s or high-90s. When I was coming up, you only had a few guys that was thrown in the mid-90s. Most of them was thrown in, in the low-90s or high-80s. But now you got so many guys that's, that's coming out the bullpen that's throwing 100, man. That, I mean, back when I was coming up, you made your limit off. You made your living as a hitter off the bullpen. You didn't make your you didn't make your living off the one the the A start or the two or the three. You made it off the four or five or the guys off the bullpen. But nowadays, you got some of your best pitchers are guys that are coming out the bullpen. That's the difference today than when I was coming up. Ray, who's the guy that you like watching today? Whether it be hitter, pitcher, is, is there a guy that when he's on TV and you have a chance to sit down and watch him, you just truly appreciate it? Who, who's that guy for you? I love watching Mookie Best. Um, and the reason why is because he's, he does everything good. You know, whether he's playing defense, running the bases, um, he's hitting. But he's always thinking. He's a smart He's a smart hitter. He's a smart player. And I think that's one of the things people don't realize. Not only he's he's athletic, but he's good and has an understanding of the game. Last question that I've got for you, Ray. There's a young outfielder that, that some have compared to you in mm-hmm. Dylan Carlson. I don't know how much you were able to watch of him a year ago. But in terms of his profile, if you have seen a little bit of him, do you compare your game at all to what we've seen thus far from Dylan Carlson? I, I think with Carlson, he just have to he have to just stay within himself and understand what he's good at, you know. Because you're not going to, you know, some things you're going to be better at than other, whether it's base stealing or hitting. Um, you just got to understand yourself and just kind of let the game come to you and understand how pitchers trying to pitch you. You know, he's young. And I think that's the thing about it. Every every at bat, you got to make an adjustment. You, so, I would always just watch different guys play and just try to take a little bit from them and add it to my game. And I think that's what he's going to have to do because you know when you were in AAA and Double A, you you face hit a certain way. But now you're in the big leagues, the guys are just so much better. So you have to elevate your game and have a clear understanding of what guys are trying to do to you. Hey Ray, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on and popping on and doing this, and hopefully we see you with that red jacket on opening day, and we can uh, get yeah man safe and healthy and get there and have a nice opening day. But we miss seeing you here in St. Louis, and and don't be a stranger, you know that. Oh, I miss being in St. Louis. Hopefully, get back to some normal baseball and uh, get it, get the fans back out. You know, you got it. Hey, thanks Ray, appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on. You got it. That's the Cardinal. Hall of Famer Ray Langford, and we were talking during the the break prior to Ray coming on. You start looking at his numbers; Whew. he was one hell of a player, man. Look back at 1997, Dan. Yep, a 295 batting average. He finished the year with a 411 on base percentage, and he slugged 585. Yep, 580, 36 doubles, 31 homers, and 130 games. That's an amazing season. And people don't talk about it because. 97 was the final two months of the season was Mark McGuire. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of overshadowed in that let the, when big Mac got here, he got overshadowed on the couch. He was putting together. He was in the prime of his career and putting up monster seasons. Back fun to, to watch. Back 30 Homer, at least 20 stolen bases. And he fell too short, two RBI short of a hundred ribbies yep. in 97. I mean, that's, that's spectacular. Those are like legitimate milestone numbers in back to back seasons. Yep. Good player, Cardinal Hall of Famer, and I've talked to Ray, and hopefully he expressed this in the interview, but how meaningful it is for him to be a part of the family forever. You know, you're in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. You're wearing that red jacket. It means something to him, 
And not to say that he was overlooked, but he might have been there for a little bit. Because, well, think about it. It's Willie McGee yeah. and then Ray Lankford, and then you go straight into Jim Edmonds out in center field. That's and right. so it's he he is. I mean, Ray Lankford is a great player, but Willie McGee was beloved in this community. And then you go into Jim Edmonds, who was a, I mean, at least borderline Hall of Famer. It's tough. The one thing that he said that I completely agree with with Dylan Carlson is that as Dylan takes pitches in the minor leagues, you can get away with that because guys will walk you. And so your on-base percentage will skyrocket. You'll get your walks because guys in the minor leagues don't have their command. Where when you are in Major League Baseball, that's not going to happen as much. So when you take a lot of pitches early in account. You're going to find yourself in a hole. You're always hitting from behind. And I felt like Dylan Carlson was doing that a ton last year. I'm really anxious to see if he makes an adjustment this season by design. And, you know, whether it's with Jeff Albert or other players saying this to him or whoever he, you know, wants to go for advice. But, hey, be aggressive early in counts. And especially, especially, BK, if he's hitting in front of Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. They're going to say, all right, here's three guys. It's just common sense. Who who do I want to beat me? If it's if somebody's going to beat rookie. me, it's going to be the rookie. We're going to go after him. We're going to try to carve him up. Be aggressive. You're going to get pitches to hit. I found this really interesting. Uh, David Adler is a writer for MLB.com, Dan, and I was reading his story yesterday. He was talking about guys to watch in the upcoming year. That might surprise you. And for the Cardinals, he mentioned Dylan Carlson. And this stat was one that he came up with that I had not seen previously, but I found fascinating. Said nearly 30% of Dylan Carlson's contact was, was both hard hit. So it was hit into an some tough exit luck velocity yeah. of 95 or more miles per hour, which is very high. And in a launch angle sweet spot of 8 to 32 degrees, which basically means he was the launch angle darling. He was hitting it at the right angle and hitting it hard. That was top five. In baseball, in terms of hitting it at the sweet spot and hitting it hard, trailing only Freddie Freeman, Matt Chapman, Will Smith, and Corey Seager. Maybe that's why. That is the company that you want to keep right there. Well, maybe that's why you clear out Dylan Carl or uh, Dexter Fowler to say, we want Dylan to play every day. And if you remember when he first came up, and, you know, fans probably don't want to hear this stuff, but he did hit into tough luck. I mean, hit into terrible luck. He was hitting bullets everywhere. And then it kind of snowballed where you don't have any results. Hitting the ball hard, you're hitting it right at a second baseman, line out to the left fielder, line out to the right field, and you're all of a sudden like, I can't catch a break. And then you get into a little rut, and you start to fall behind, and then you start to strike out a little bit more, and you look up, and your average is 100. That's hard as a young kid at 21. So that's some of the things that he went through last year. Yeah, I mean, you remember it was a few years ago now, but Matt Carpenter at the beginning of oh, the yeah. season had that tough luck, and... Uh, I remember Mo telling the story about how he went to Matt Carpenter and said, hey, we've got the numbers. You're you're fine. Don't change anything. You're hitting into some really bad luck right now. It's going to turn around if you continue playing this way. Give it some time. The numbers will come around. And eventually we know how that story ends. He ends up having a borderline MVP back end of the season. It was a okay. The contact was there. And so that's kind of what happened with Carlson. We saw at the end of the year, he made a couple of adjustments that were necessary, and he started getting a little better luck, and we saw the numbers start to adjust. Many thanks to the Cardinal Hall of Famer, Ray Lankford. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. You watch the NHL. Tanner just had the update on the NBA and the San Antonio Spurs. And how do you get through 162 of a major league season? I mean, fingers crossed. I'm I'm 
so happy they're going to try. You got to try. It's just going to be tough, I think, to get through 162 currently. Now, things could really change by the middle of the summer when people are vaccinated, players included, personnel included. But uh, that's a daunting task. I don't think there's any doubt about it. It's one of the reasons why I actually did side with the players on pushing back the season. I think you need as much runway as possible because just like what we're seeing right now with the NHL, you're going to need some flexibility with these games. And if you have less flexibility, it becomes even less likely you're able to get that full 162. And Dan, I know you you certainly have experience with this being on the TV side of things. These teams want their TV contracts to be paid in full. And so if you have fewer, let's say you end up getting 130. Well, that's 32 games that you missed. That's 32 TV dates that you missed out on. And so that that can potentially hurt moving forward. Now, on the flip side, playing, you know, devil's advocate here, are you better off then as a league saying, well, maybe we should have pushed this thing back a month. Numbers continue to go way down. I mean, the numbers are going way down, which mm-hmm. is great news. So 64% the other day, positive cases down. Um, are you better off pushing it off a month? And again, shorting your, to your point, your run, your one way runway there. Now you would have still had what 154 games. So I I don't know. I I don't know what the right answer is. I just want safety and health, you know, to be at the forefront of this thing. Um, I understand it probably would allow you to get more fans potentially in stands, depending on your jurisdiction, I just wonder, as a sport, would you, would you have been better off doing that? I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's the right answer. I, I don't know that there is a right answer here. I think it comes down to, do you believe that in the first month of the season you're going to be okay? Yeah. And we just don't know the answer to that because we're still, as close as it feels, we are six weeks away. And think back six weeks ago oh, where yeah. we were as a country to where we are today. Things can change quickly. And it can go in either direction. So it might get better by then. It could conceivably, and fingers crossed this doesn't happen, it could get worse. So in the meantime, I think you just have to to press forward, push through. There's going to be some rough times. We saw that here locally last year, how difficult this can be to get through certain situations. But they made it. They made it happen last year. And as difficult as it's going to be to accomplish this upcoming season, I think they're going to do everything they can to get through it again in 2021. In retrospect, are you shocked? No bubble that they got through the 60 games. I have no idea how they did it. None. I can't believe football got through it either. I still think like I I don't know if COVID existed on Sundays in the NFL. (laughs) Um, I think it just like it went from Monday to Saturday and then we started things fresh again on Monday. I know that's not something we should be joking about, but it's all we can do right now to keep from crying. Um, I don't know how they did it. I certainly don't know how baseball did it. Yeah, it's and you hear, you know, Barry Melrose saying yesterday as a hockey guy, you know, you get your list of guys, okay, no positives, here's our lineup. I mean, that's what they do in the mornings. It's incredible. It's it incredible is. that they're doing that. And the Cardinals know that as well as anybody, where they went those two weeks and it was like, okay, is everybody okay? No? Okay, we got a positive test there. Everybody else good? Okay, cool. You wake yeah. up the next morning. It's like, oh, we got one more. One more popped up. Okay, I think now we're starting to wait down. Now start the clock back over and start it all over it's again. crazy. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Jeff Levering, one of my favorite guys. He's a broadcaster. He actually worked at um, the Springfield team for the Cardinals for a couple of years, double A. He is now the uh, play-by-play man of the Milwaukee Brewers, does a great job. 
And it looks like the Brewers seem to be, as we get closer towards opening day, the Cardinals will open up against the Brewers at home. They'll open up the season on the road in Cincinnati. But a lot of people pointing to the Brewers of maybe being the team to beat in the Central. I feel pretty good, and I think everybody here in, in Wisconsin feels pretty good about the Brewers, too. And, and say what you will about squeaking into the playoffs last year at, at 29 and 31 in a, a season that was shortened. Um, but their bullpen is very strong. Their starting rotation is good. Colton Wong is a great defensive player, as everybody in St. Louis knows, um, and, and he solidifies the offense a little bit at the top of the order. And, and getting a guy like Lorenzo Caneback, who opted out after just six games last season, having his leadership in the clubhouse and the way that he played center field and, and having his bat in the lineup, that's a huge bonus. I'm looking at their lineup. Colton Wong, I'm going to put him at the top. I'm going to put even, or Kane could go at the top, but I'm going to put Wong at the top. Kane second, Yelich third. Keston here and now moves from second base to first base. He bats fourth. Then you have Garcia, who's an outfielder. Arcia, the shortstop, very good player. Navarez, uh, the catcher. And then Urias, the third baseman, can play all over the diamond. Brewers did acquire an outfielder yesterday, Derek Fisher from Toronto, so he'll have a chance to compete there. It's not a bad lineup at all. At all. Now, they have a lot of what-ifs like the Cardinals, especially in the rotation, Woodruff, Burns, uh, Lindblom, Hauser, Lauer. There's some what-ifs in there. But the back end of their bullpen, Devin Williams, a St. Louis kid, awesome. Josh Hader, Winwright, awesome. So they can shorten games a little bit. I I think they could be a contender here in the Central. This is the only team, in my opinion, that poses a significant threat to the Cardinals in the division. The Cubs could do it, but I don't believe they're going to do it. The Cubs lineup is real. The problem is, do you think that it's going to be the same lineup in September that it is today? So I say Rizzo stays. I say Contreras, 50-50. Baez, they probably try to lock up long-term. May not happen. And Chris Bryant, adios. So if you get to the end of the season, let's say two of the four are gone. Okay, I'm not taking them seriously as a legitimate contender. Uh, The Reds, I think that if they have an opportunity at any point this season to sell off pieces to be able to to lower their payroll... They're probably going to take every opportunity to do exactly that. We know the Pirates aren't a threat to the Cardinals. So you go back to Milwaukee, and this is a team that, much like the Cardinals, is underrated by projections annually, especially since uh, Stearns has taken over as their general manager. They're just really solid, man. And if you get a bounce-back season from Christian Yelich, who basically had a bad 20-game stretch is what it came down to. He had a rough start to the year, about 20 games where he wasn't himself. If they get a bounce-back year from him and you get a couple of these questions that go in the right direction, that's a team that could win 90 games or so. And that's when you start competing with this Cardinals team. So you guys think the Cubs could, if the Cubs are winning or the Reds are winning, do you still see them selling off? Because that's, that's, where, I'm hesi- that's where I'm hesitant to where I wouldn't rule out the Cubs or Reds yet. Because I look at the Cubs and I go, well, maybe they would sell off, but then why would you sign Jock Peterson on a one-year, what was it, $8 million deal? $7 million deal. But, the, but still, I mean, if you're not going to spend, you're going to sell him off. At the Oh, I could easily see them moving him. But I think if you're winning, I don't know if you move Bryant. And then if you're the Reds, if you're winning, I don't know if you move any of your pieces either. Well, you got Moustakis could be on the move. Uh, Suarez is another guy that was talked about being on the move. Castellanos is another one of the Cincinnati Reds, could be on the move. Absolutely. I, I think if we get back to some sense of normalcy, you know, and teams are saying, hey, we're getting people in the ballpark and they're not winning, 
That's one easy way for other teams to say, we'll take on those deals because we feel we're going to have a CBA. We're getting back to normalcy. And you know what? We'll take on that contract. And these are legitimate hitters. These are legitimate guys that we can add to our lineup. I could see that happening. Some of those guys you just mentioned might be good fits for the Cardinals, frankly. I don't know if the Reds would be willing to trade within the division, but if, if the Cardinals have what they are looking for, maybe they would be. Um, I to To your question, Tanner, about would these teams trade those guys even if they are winning? I think that what we have to remember is it's about sustainability for these teams, or at least that's what they're trying to sell to fans is that it's about sustainability. And so if you can get a nice prospect for Jock Peterson at the deadline, I think the Cubs would take it. If you can get a prospect for Chris Bryant, who is very likely gone at the end of the season, that can help you in 2020. Gone before the end of spring training. Sure. If you can get a guy that's going to help you in 2023 when they're back to contending again for Chris Bryant, I think they'll take that. I wouldn't even be surprised if they trade Javi Baez at the deadline and then try to re-sign him next offseason again. So that way they get a prospect for basically two months of Javi Baez, even if they're winning, and then they re-sign him in the offseason. You know, this lineup is pretty good that the Cubs are going to be putting out there. Ian Happ, I'm going to put him at the top. Then I got Rizzo, Bryant, Contreras. That's two, three, and four. Baez, you would think, has to have a bounce back. He can't be as bad as he was last year. You've added Jock Peterson, you got Nico Horner, and you got Jason Hayward. That's a good lineup. The problem is, can they pitch? And I'm not so sure. I mean, their number one is Kyle Hendricks. Now he's Cy Young against the Cardinals. But <laughs> after so that, frustrating every time. It is. Zach Davies is another guy they probably move at the deadline. He's a free agent to be. Now they did bring back Jake Arrieta. They got Alec Mills who threw a no hitter last year. The former Pirate Trevor Williams will uh, uh, try to go for a spot. Alize, eh? No thanks. These. These guys are good because they're in the major leagues. I want to put that as a disclaimer. So these guys stink. The the back end of their rotations no good. And so you've got you've got two starters that you trust, specifically one with Hendricks. And then after that it's a lot of eh. Yeah. I, every team in baseball has these kinds of guys that are available to them if they wanted. Cross it over, take a look at the Blues loss yesterday when we come back. Big dunks and big plays. The NBA is on ESPN this Sunday afternoon. Celtics and Pelicans. Free game at two. The NBA lives on 101 ESPN. Whether you're refinancing or buying a home, visit HeroLoan.com. NMLS number 1326-241. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Bill. And I'm Mike. We've been friends since second grade, and nearly 20 years ago, we started Universal Windows Direct. Over the years, our windows have helped homeowners lower their energy bills and create secure, comfortable homes. Now, for every one window you buy, you get the next one for free, plus no payments and no interest for two years. So don't wait. Call 314-696-5909 or click universalwindowsdirect.com and you'll be saying, I love my windows. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March. But that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. Download the DraftKings 
games at Casino Queen's Sportsbook app and use code XOS to get your shot to turn $1 into $100. That's code XOS for new customers only with DraftKings at Casino Queen's Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Illinois only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four $25 free bets. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. BT, Jamie Rivers here for Tracy Bibb and the Bibb Agency. And, Jamie, you know this. People are always looking for ways to save money in the new year. Tracy Bibb, that's a place to look. First thing you got to do, text the word quote, 65780. Get a free noncommittal quote from Tracy. And guess what? You get Tracy, not some 1-800 number. Text the word quote to 65780. Look, Allstate is offering discounts to current and new clients on their car insurance. Don't waste time. Text quote to 65780. Content on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Allstate. With Allstate, you can really save. Find out just how much you can save today. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent to get a quote. Let's go. From Carriker and Smallman. The Danny Mac Show. BK and Ferrario. The Fast Lane and more. If you missed anything on 101 ESPN today, get caught up with all the 101 podcasts. Presented by I Promise. Now on 101ESPN.com and your 101 mobile app. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Blues lost yesterday afternoon on President's Day. 1-0 was the final. They're now 6-2 on the road this season. The first couple of games of that quick trip, seven different players scored Friday and Saturday. Yesterday, nobody. Craig Berube, that was about as frustrated as we've heard him yet this season, maybe ever. Is that fair? Probably. I Because he didn't ever reach that point in the bubble. I think he got to the point of understanding yeah. and accepting once we got into the bubble and he saw, okay, my team's just, this is, it's not going to work this time he around. He was not happy yesterday. Last night was the best Craig Berube postgame presser that I've ever seen. What did you take away from it? You love those things? I, you love Dan, them. So I was in the kitchen. I was making dinner after the game and... Kara, my fiance, says, Brandon, you got to come watch this. I was like, what happened? So we rewind the TV, and I hear the question that Jeremy Rutherford asked, which was the, the best part of the presser. So Burby was asked about Tory Krug injury, and Burby says, yeah, it's a upper body day-to-day. That's Did he literally all face, he said. I think, is what he was asked, right? Jeremy Rutherford says... Hey, Craig, uh, I was curious, you know, do, do you think that injury happened when he got punched in the face? <laughs> and Pervy says, I don't know. Didn't ask him. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It He's was fired great. up, man. Fired up. Wasn't happy with the officiating. Hogtied is what he said. Mm-hmm. My guys are getting hogtied out there. Wasn't happy one bit. So that was Craig Berube after the, uh, the game yesterday. We have the crossover here. So Alex Ferrario's coming up. Unfortunately for you guys, a full show. Not leading into Blues hockey. Next Blues game will be on Thursday, 6 o'clock, the pregame Sharks and the St. Louis Blues. You can listen to it on 101 ESPN. What's coming up on your show? Coming up today, Dan, we've got a good one for you guys. Jeremy Rutherford, who asked that question. I want to ask him about that interaction. We'll talk with him coming up at 1130. We are going to get back into the leadoff options for the Cardinals. That's coming up here in just a little while. And I don't know if you saw today, Dan, but 
Colton Wong gave a pretty heartfelt goodbye to St. Louis. So we'll play that for the audience as well. That's all coming up from 11 to 2 right here on 101 ESPN. Drafted, developed by the Cardinals. Great moments in the big leagues with the Cardinals. And he kept on referring to the people here in St. Louis. It's on the Players' Tribune if you get a chance to uh, read it. It's really well done. But he said, you know, this is always going to be home for me, which I found uh, to be delightful from Colton Wong. So he's now a Milwaukee Brewer, and we'll see him the home opener, and that's another unfortunate part about not having fans. The, the ovation that he would have gotten opening day in St. Louis as a visitor, he would have gotten that standing O, stepping out of the box, and he still will, but it might be just a reduced crowd. That's what you're going to have. He's one of those guys that I couldn't help but root for, Dan. Oh, yeah. Because of all of the ups and downs that he had early on, and then to be able to come out on the other side of that and become a really, really good leadoff hitter for the Cardinals, who was a legitimate gold glove defender, one of the more exciting players in all of baseball to watch play defense. I mean, it, that's that's a dude that I will root for each and every time. All right. That was fun. Ray Lankford today. Go back and listen to the podcast at 101ESPN.com. It's presented by I Promise. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack for Tanner. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. (sighs) Two, get out of bed. And three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.